Acts 6, 4 says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. That word, give, the phrase, give ourselves to prayer. And by way of introduction, I want to say that, that the apostles had it right when they said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer. What does that mean? It means they were committed to constantly praying even more than they were committed to preaching. And more than they were committed to teaching the word of God. It's kind of like almost like an addiction where we have to pray. It's something I've got to do. I, 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 in order for me to stay sane and stable, to be strong, to be victorious in my Christian life, instead of a failure, I've got to keep praying. Now, most everyone, when I when, when mention prayer and I talk about I'm going to preach on prayer. The first thing that people think of is monasteries. And they think of nunneries. They think of churches. That's, that's where prayer takes place for most people. But prayer is not something special. It is the Christian's normal reaction to life. It is to be done as naturally as we breathe in and out. And it is the most important thing for us to accomplish every day. I live by a to-do list. <clears throat> to get what I need done in a day, I gotta have, I've got a diary that I record all the things I need to do, and I check them off, okay? But the most important thing beyond checking off any other accomplishment is, have I prayed? I believe reading my Bible is important. I believe in handing out a gospel tract to somebody. I believe in um, uh taking time for my wife and believe in eating. Uh, I believe in sleep, but the most important thing to accomplish is prayer. Everything we attempt to do as Christian men and women, praying is the most important thing. It's even more important than our jobs, than our families, than our health or our ministries. Prayer is our walk with God. And Jesus said, if I don't come first, why be my disciple? Fortunately, I'm afraid it's not very important to most Christians. You know what's important to Christians? Complaining, <laughs> arguing. Money is important. Popularity is more important into the, in the Christian's realm. To most Christians, prayer is boring. It is empty. It, it does nothing for them. And so we're powerless. We are miserable. We are puppets of the devil. And we're destined for ruin, all because we are not a people given to prayer. We're a people not committed to talking and walking with God. So let me talk to you about prayer this morning. And I need to ask you to look at ways to stir ourselves up to pray. Go to Isaiah 64, <clears throat> verse 7. Listen to how Isaiah refers to prayer. <clears throat> Isaiah 64. In verse 7. <laughs> Isaiah 64 in verse 7. And there is none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. Just stop there for a second. See what he just described. There's none that calleth upon thy name, that stirreth up himself to take hold of thee. 
For thou hast hid thy, thy face from us and hast consumed us because of our iniquities. Just think about what he said at the beginning there, calling upon God's name, crying out to him in the darkness. He's described stirring themselves up, motivating themselves to get out of laziness, to break out of the apathy and to take hold of God. What a way to describe prayer, to grab hold of God and not let him go. This is actually what happened in Genesis chapter 32. Let's go back there for an exact example of somebody getting a hold of God. <clears throat> Genesis chapter 32. The idea that you can take hold of Almighty God. Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24. <clears throat> Jacob was left alone. Now, if you know anything about it, Jacob's sort of this loner. He's self-sufficient. He's, he's this guy who, in his life, everything seems to just work out great and he doesn't need God. Well, this night he needed God. His brother was coming at him with an army and he was about to die. <clears throat> and it says this, Jacob was left alone. And guess what? There wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. This was no normal flesh and blood man. This was an angel. <clears throat> when he saw that he prevailed not against him, this is the angel. When he saw that he couldn't get away from Jacob, he touched the hollow of his thigh. He, he crippled Jacob. <laughs> and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was now out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he, the angel said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, this is Jacob, he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. You ever had a prayer time like that? where you said, God, I'm not going to stop praying. I'm not going to let go until you help me, until you step into my situation and you do something for me. And that's when uh, verse 27, and he said back to Jacob and says, what is thy name? And he said, I'm Jacob. Jacob means I'm the hustler. I'm the trickster. I'm the liar. <laughs> and he, the angel said back, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, <clears throat> but Israel. I'm changing your name. For as a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. You got a hold of me and you didn't let go. When I was um, about 14, 13 years old, I went water skiing for the first time in my life. Water skiing looks like a lot of fun. I've seen people I, uh, snow skiing, never done that. But water skiing, Texas, that's what you do, okay? So I was my, uh, with my cousin's family. They got a boat out on the lake. They set me back there on the skis, and I'm in the water. Skis are sticking up, and I'm holding on to this thing and uh, uh, the, 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 the rope. And um, they give me this signal, and they're telling me something, but I can't hear them because the engine's. <laughs> so anyway, they give me the thumbs up. I give them the thumbs up like if I just heard what they said. And all of a sudden, they, they rev it up, and they start to, I start to get up out of the water, and everything's going fine. And then I lose my balance, and then they gun it. And then all of a sudden, I'm going forward. The skis are behind me, and I'm going, blah, 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 blah. Now, what they had told me just before they started things is, 
if you lose your balance, let go. <laughs> I didn't let go, all right? So I'm through the water for about 15 seconds before they finally slow down and they says, why didn't you let go? But you know, when it comes to God, don't let go. Endure the ride because he's worth holding on to. <clears throat> we have a tendency to try prayer when things don't work out, we drop the line. We let it go. Don't do that. Jacob learned to get a hold of God and not let go. And I go back to, I, just in your minds, I don't have time for there, but Isaiah is describing there how no one was motivated to pray. So there's none that seeks to stir himself up to, to get a hold of you. That we're, we're, would you say that that is 21st century? There's just nothing there that says, I need God. We're, um, <clears throat> we're a mess. Um, the people back then, 700 years ago, were just like us. They were um, busy with everything except the important work of prayer. And they missed their greatest power. Have you noticed this entire world has been motivated to create some vaccines against a Wuhan virus? I mean, I never saw such motivation in my life. Nobody's been motivated like it has been for the last two years, have they? The entire world has been willing to sit at home and do nothing for wave after wave of infection. I mean, I, I can't believe how people can be motivated. And yet we're not motivated to prayer. So let's talk about prayer for a second. What is it? It's kind of like talking to marriage counselor, you know, talking to a couple in, in marriage counseling. And it you 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 start to talk about some of the most basic things. Do you guys talk? <laughs> and and what is prayer? It is talking with God. You'd be surprised at how many people don't know that. They think it has to be some fancy scripted statement they've learned, they've grown up with. With all these fancy prayers that they had to memorize in school, that's not what prayer is. Prayer is talking with God. It's not that hard. It means using words. I mentioned to a guy and I say, you need to talk and listen to your wife. And he says, talk? <laughs> What's that? And I mentioned, you, you need to talk to God. And they go, I, I don't know how. Really, I just want to punch him. Don't know how to talk to God? Use words. How can we be so off when it comes to our walk with God? It means talking with God. Hebrews 4. Take your Bible, turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Prayer means you're contacting another world. <clears throat> Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16 says, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace. Now, in the Old Testament, where did someone go if they really wanted to pray? Went to the temple, didn't they? Temple, Jesus even said it. He said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. This is a place you pray. If you ever get away from it, pray towards this house. Well, the house isn't there anymore. Where are you going to go now? 
Well, I'm going to go into another realm. I can touch heaven. I can reach all the way to the throne of God. Look at Hebrews 4.16 again. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of God's grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When a Christian prays, we're actually speaking into another world, another kingdom. We're speaking into the kingdom of God and touching heaven. We're stepping out of this world. Uh, I've, I've watched my own prayer time mature where when, when I pray and when we pray on a Saturday night, I know that we've actually prayed because when we're finished praying, I open my eyes and I, all of a sudden I remember, oh, I'm at church. Because I haven't been there. I've been there for the last half hour. Do you understand what I'm saying? I had the privilege of leaving right here, this problem, and going before the throne of God. When we pray, we're contacting another whole realm, a whole world. You know what the Bible says there? Look back there in verse 15. It says, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. It's a double negative. It basically is the opposite. It says we do have a high priest that is touched. The feeling of our infirmities it was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. We have somebody that we can touch just with our time with him. He understands our groanings, even when we don't understand them. You ever heard the phrase, no one understands like Jesus? It's true. It is a combination. Prayer is a combination of a bunch of things happening all at once. Think about prayer for a minute and imagine a, a basket. And let's call that basket the basket of prayer. What is it? Well, it's worship going on at, the, at, 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 at one part of, of your time where you're just sitting in awe and, and, and praising and just in, 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 in worship of, of God, thinking of how good he is and how, how great he is that he loves you. Then there's, then there's the thankfulness part where you start thanking him for your family and for your health and for your, your, your kids and your grandkids and your wife and your children and your, your, um, uh, your, the, the, uh, the job he's given you. And you, you just start thinking about being grateful and, and really don't ever stop. When you start thinking, God, don't just say the same things over and over and over. Think about how good God is. And that's prayer is you thanking God. Then it's spending some time confessing and saying, whoops, God, I got to admit, I've had a bad attitude. I've, 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 I've been struggling with this temptation. And, and Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm falling. I'm, I'm asking you, deliver me. God, I'm confessing it. I'm, a, I'm agreeing with you that's wrong and it's wicked. And I'm asking you, God, Wash me, cleanse me. That's part of prayer. Then there's also the asking. It's okay to start saying, Lord, I've got some things I need. I've got some people who have some deep needs, and I bring them before you. And on Wednesday nights, we list all the things of people and their needs. and We ask God, please intervene. That's asking, and it's okay. You say, well, it's selfish. Yes, it's selfish, but God's okay with that. He knew you needed him. So he says, ask. I love that. I mean, one of the greatest invitations Jesus gave was ask. 
Seek, knock. I'm not upset when you come to me. And then there's casting. Not fishing casting, but burden casting. Just we were talking before church, and Gavin says it's hard to just let go. It's hard to actually say, Lord, here. Because when we let go, we don't know how to just love, just serve and just, without being angry or without being sorrowful or without being defeated. It's just wonderful to just give something to God and say, Lord, I trust you with it. It's all part of fellowshipping with your Savior. That's, that's a bunch of things going on at once, and it makes the color of prayer beautiful. It makes a garden of prayer. It makes a, a, a fullness of prayer. It's not just, oh, I've just got to go through my Hail Marys and my our fathers. Don't even ever pray another Hail Mary. God, deliver us from our fathers. You need to be able to spend your time doing that, and you'll pray. And make it a way of life. A way of life. Not a brief few words said on occasion. Sometimes I, you know, <clears throat> I've been to weddings and somebody will say, Oh, Reverend Ledbetter, would you pray? All of a sudden, you know, I mean, it's an honor, okay? I'll pray, but I hope somebody else keeps going. I hope it keeps people pray more than just at a special occasion. Don't just only pray before you you eat your meal. Make it a way of life. A constant sharing of each moment, of each fear, of each care, of each need with your Savior. But what good is prayer? I mean, what does it do for you? I know what it does for me. It changes me. Be surprised how much you would change if you learned to pray. Prayer makes me dependent upon the Lord. That's what prayer does. It makes me admit, God, I need you. I, I, I'm, I, I can't rely on myself. I can't rely on, on anybody else. I need you. Prayer changes me from arrogance to dependence. It is an act of my soul that tells God I desperately need you. That'll change a man. It causes me to give up of control. Where I say, Lord, I've been trying. I've been doing everything I think is right, and it's not working out, so now I guess it's time for you to work. Also makes me forgive people. You know, you, you can't pray very long before you start thinking of people that have hurt you and the Lord will remind you, you better pray for them. You better bless them that despitefully used you. It changes your view. I'll talk about this more in a minute. Prayer will make you forgive people. It'll make you get right in the middle of God's will because if you're praying, you want God to answer your prayer. So you say, Lord, show me your will. It'll make me clean up my life so I get answers to prayer. It changes me. Prayer, and I, I have to honestly say this, if, if a man's not changing, it's because of one reason. He's not praying. He's not letting the Bible convict him, show him where he's wrong, and then him getting right with God. You can't get right with God until you go to God and get right with him. And that takes prayer. 
Not only does it change us, it moves God. <clears throat> Malachi 3.6. Take your Bible here. Go back to the left. Find Matthew. And then just before Matthew, find Malachi. <clears throat> Malachi 3 in verse 6. It moves God. Notice, I didn't say it changes God. But it does move God. Nothing can change God. Because he doesn't change. Thank God. <laughs> Malachi 3.6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Hallelujah. So nothing can change God. You can't change his character. You can't change his holiness. You can't change his attributes. You can't pray and ask God to allow you to sin. <laughs> Dear Lord, will you let me get away with this just one time? Nope. You cannot pray and ask God to do something for you that is against his will. That is against his character. Get <clears throat> That is against his word. You cannot change God. But prayer does change how God interacts with me. What do I mean by that? All right, well, when I'm stubborn and hard-hearted and arrogant and, and critical, guess what God is like? He is harsh. He is critical of me. He, he says, I'm like a mirror to you. And as long as you are, are a certain way and you're full of yourself, I will be full of me, God says. So when I pray and I humble myself, it changes how God deals with me. All of a sudden, when I become soft, guess what God becomes? Soft. Isn't that awesome? So my prayer, if I'm praying right, will change how God interacts with me. When I humble myself and pray, it changes how God deals with me and even our entire nation. You know, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. I will forgive their sin and heal. What is going on? All right. Well, God already wants to forgive, but because of our sin, he brings judgment upon not only you and not maybe only on your family, but also on your nation. And when we, <coughs> when we humble ourselves, God says, oh, good. I can now heal. I can now forgive. So isn't prayer allows God to change how he deals with me? I told you about my dad. Uh, I, my mom would say, I mean, how many of you had a dad? Um, who your mom would say, you wait till your father gets home. Right? That was the most terrifying words in the afternoon after you got home from school. And mom said, you wait till your father gets home. All right, well, when dad got home, I learned early on to get up into his lap and hug him. <laughs> and my dad then would hear from mom what was wrong, and he'd look at me, and I'd hug him a little tighter, or I'd be holding on to his legs. <laughs> and I'd say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And my dad would go, are you really sorry? And I'd say, yes. And he'd go, okay. Because he didn't have to deal with me. I was already soft. Kids would have learned that. <laughs> but as growing up, when you already come to God and you judge yourself and you say, Lord, I'm sorry, 
God doesn't have to deal with us harshly, does he? Prayer changes the way he deals with us. It modifies his timetable. <clears throat> over and over in the Bible, you'll find where God says, judgment's coming. And then the king would get right. Hezekiah would get right with God. Uh, Ahab would get right with God. Manasseh would get right with God. And God said, okay, I'm going to push it off for another generation. And it would change his timetable. And if you want God's blessings to speed up and God's judgment to be put away, humble yourself and pray. Prayer can cause God to do what you actually ask him to do. Be careful what you ask. I think, uh, I think I heard there's a song that says, thank God for unanswered prayers. You ever hear of that? <laughs> Be careful what you ask for because God often, more than you know, wants to answer your prayer. Just be careful what you ask for. God loves to open the windows of heaven and answer the prayers of his people. It moves God. I can't explain it. But he loves to hear us pray. It disables Satan. I think this is my favorite part. Go to Luke chapter 22. Luke 22. <clears throat> Luke twenty-two thirty-one. 31. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. He wants to grip you and hold you and take you apart like wheat is separated. Verse 32, but I have what? Wait a minute. Jesus, I want you to fight for me. Jesus said, I did fight for you in prayer. Look what he says. I have prayed for thee that thy <coughs> faith fail not. And when thou art converted, you're going to get through this. I want you to strengthen thy brethren. Go to Mark 14. <clears throat> Go back a few pages. Mark 14. Mark 14 and 38. <clears throat> Watch ye and what? Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. Wait a minute. Prayer is a good battle, battle axe. It's a good uh, weapon against temptation the spirit truly is ready to win but the flesh is weak you know prayer is where wrestling takes place ephesians 6 12 says we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities against powers against spiritual wickedness in high places how do you wrestle spiritual powers prayer don't forget that prayer is good for disabling satan when he's, when he's coming along and attacking your family, there's, there's nothing else you can throw at him except a desperate heart cry to God. God, help. I need defense. I need light. I need protection. I need deliverance. I need you to act. Disable Satan. It accesses all that we need. You know, most people need in these days great peace. You know, I wish we had, wish God would just, all of the, about all the needs that we have, you know what the need that we need the most of? Peace. So that we're not panicking, so we're not worrying. <clears throat> and believe me, I said it, I said it last year, I'll say it again. We haven't seen anything yet. I think our economy is in the toilet, and they don't want to admit it. 
and supply chains, inflation's going up. I can tell you this, don't panic. Do what you have to, stock up on some canned goods, but get peace. Because the rest of the world's going to go crazy in the next six months to a year. Philippians chapter 4. Go to Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Philippians 4. How do you get peace? Well, Philippians 4, 6 says, be careful for nothing. Be full of care about nothing. But in everything, here we are, by prayer. Philippians 4, 6, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make sure you throw that in. Let your requests be made known unto God. And guess what will happen? Verse 7, in the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. All that you and I need is supplied by Jesus Christ. Every good gift and every perfect gift comes from above. What does he say in James chapter 4, verse 2? You have not. Why? Because you ask not. All that we need is accessed by prayer, not by Amazon. So we need to get back to praying. As I said, it's part of the Christian's life. Listen to these phrases. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying always, with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. Jesus said in Luke 21.36, watch ye therefore and pray always. Colossians 4.2, Paul says, continue in prayer. Oh, I'm sorry, Acts 4.6.4 says, but we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And then Colossians 4.2 2 says, continue in prayer. Philippians 4.6 says, as we just read, be careful for nothing, but, by, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And as busy as Paul was, and as, as, as troubled as Paul's life was, I mean, there's no, there's no way that you can compare your life and your schedule with his schedule, what he went through. And listen to what he said. When he wrote Timothy, he said, without ceasing, young Timothy, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day. As busy as he was, he was in a state of constantly praying for Timothy, much less all the other people in his life. <clears throat> the idea here is to have a life of praying. Not a prayer here and there when you feel like it. So get rid of every form of memorized prayer you ever learned, every repetitious prayer. Never again should you pull out and pray something that's written down for you. It has to come from your heart. It has to be real. Start to see every event of your life through your relationship with God. If something's good going on, talk with God about it. This morning I spent some time looking out at the beautiful sunrise. Guess who I spent the sunrise with? Jesus, the guy who, the, the God who made it. I just shared that moment with him. Looked out on the colors and I went, this is glorious. You're awesome. If you see a new grandbaby, 
get a raise. Why don't you spend some time thanking God for it? If you see evil going on, you see sin in your life, take time to ask God to make it right. Confess any sin in you right on the spot. As soon as you're aware of it, talk with God about something going on in your life. Right now, if there's apathy about, about prayer, if there's been a long time since you've ever had a season of prayer where you really just enjoyed it, why don't you right now say, confess it, say, God, I'm a mess. I'm not going to blame prayer. I'm not going to blame, blame my busyness. I'm going to blame me. I've been too wrong, and I haven't spent time with you, Lord. That's how you pray. You make it a life of, I see something wrong in me, and I confess it. And I ask God to make it right. Say someone, see someone going through an injustice, go through a hard time, pray for them. You know, I used to think when I saw Facebook going big and exploding, I thought, wow, I'm going to let Facebook be a prayer reminder. When I see somebody and put up something there, I'd pray for them. That's long gone. Facebook doesn't motivate me to pray for anything, man. It's a huge waste of time, isn't it? You better have a reason to pray and for people you pray for. Make it a life of praying. See, if you see trouble and distress and injustice, you ought to ask God to honor his word in that distress and bring about good and deliverance, no matter how impossible. I hear of people's problems all the time. Boy, I just go to God and I say, Lord, do something. God, do a miracle. God, they need you right now to do something. They need to see that you're there. <clears throat> You know what else? Prayer will anchor our heart on God like a rock. You think of, you think of a ship in the middle of a storm, and that ship is 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 um, uh, in danger. And what that ship needs is an anchor that can go down and not be just on sand or muck, but can latch onto a rock and can be held by that rock. And your attention is no longer on on the storm, but your attention is on that rock is holding me. And when you're praying and you get a hold of God and you hold on to him and you just won't let go, your trouble kind of disappears. It kind of fades. It will enable you to just trust him, even though you may be weak. So the goal is to start to pray like everything depends upon you praying. Because it does. It would be a shame for us to have gone through our Christian life and enter into the gates of heaven and stand before Jesus and he brings up how little we spent time with him. Kind of makes me wonder, do they really want to spend time with him for eternity if they don't want to spend any time with him now? Now there are seven conditions for answered prayer. If you get these down, I think it will revolutionize our answers and, and what we need because I've been burdened about having a revival of prayer. So let's talk about these for a few moments, and then we're done. Everyone wants free stuff, okay? I think a lot of people always wanted to go to the Late Late Show because of all the free stuff they gave away every night, you know? <clears throat> but there are conditions. There are T's and C's to answered prayer. Mark chapter 11, our first one is belief. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. <clears throat> Mark eleven twenty-four.
Usually a new Christian will always come to this verse and say, wait a minute, wow, look at this. Therefore I, Jesus speaking, I say unto you, Mark eleven twenty four, whatsoever things, what things soever ye desire, whatever they are, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. And they stop right there and they go, wow, well, can I just have anything? And you go, okay, yeah. But you're going to need some called faith, not just a stab in the dark. I do think we need to get our prayer life full of faith again. Um, James, uh, go ahead and leave that. Uh, no, hold your place here because we're coming right back to Mark chapter 11. James chapter 1. James 1, right after Hebrews. James. <clears throat> James 1 and verse 6 says this. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. This is how you pray. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. Let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. Why? Because a double-minded man, an uncertain man, is unstable in all his ways. What's he describing? He's describing people who just like going into Smith's toys and say, I want this, and I want that, and I want this, and I want that. And the parent says, wait a minute, is that what you really want? Now you understand, if that's what you want, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> and our faith is where our belief comes in. It says, Lord, I really believe that this is what I need, and I believe this is what you can, you can do over and over. Blind cripples would come and say, I believe you can heal me. And Jesus said, do you? Then you're healed. Remember, that faith was vital. It wasn't just, I'll try you out, Jesus. It was, I will, I will trust in you. That is important. Leads back to Mark chapter 11, because once you get that right, and I think most of us think, well, I do believe. Good, let's go to the next one. Verse 25. Mark eleven twenty-five. <clears throat> and when you stand praying, what do we need to do? Forgive. If you have ought, what does ought mean? Anything. If you have ought against anybody, <laughs> you have to forgive them. That your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive all you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, that's it. Neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive you your trespasses. God means you to seriously forgive no matter what has happened in your life. If you hold back any forgiveness, then your prayers are wasted. Unforgiveness, bitterness, wrath, anger, they all block God's blessings. Forgive. When you pray, believe. When you pray, forgive. Go to Proverbs 28 now. Proverbs 28. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Make sure you own up to anything that's wrong in your life. Proverbs 28 and verse 13. <clears throat> he that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them shall have 
mercy. What a wonderful truth. Honest, open agreement with God that you're wrong. And tell him where you're wrong. Without that repentance, without that honesty, there is no answer to prayer. Start with judging yourself. Start in prayer. Start saying, Lord, what is wrong with me? You say, that's, that's not very modern. Most everybody is taught to always think of themselves highly, always think of themselves as number one, always pump themselves up. Oh, you're the best boy. You're the best girl. Whereas in Christianity, we come and we humble ourselves at the cross and says, Lord, something's wrong. And I want to start looking at me. I don't want to blame anyone else. Confess and repentance. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity, if I hold on to iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. It's my fault. First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What's the key? Belief. A lot of forgiving. Confession, repentance. Mm, mm. And then humility. Go to 1 Peter 5. <clears throat> 1 Peter 5. The Bible's super descriptive about a lot of things. We read there about prayer, getting a hold of God and not letting go. Here's another thing about humility here. Look at 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Listen to how it's described. 1 Peter 5 and verse 5. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be, look at the description, clothed with what? With humility. How, how, how do you dress? What is the air about you when you're around other people? Is it arrogance? I have been in the presence of some Christians who you knew you were in the presence of greatness <laughs> because they just oohed with importance. That's not Christianity. Be clothed with humility. Why? For God resisteth the proud. And then he giveth grace unto the humble. You know, God resists all pride. You want to know why most of us don't get answers to prayer? One five-letter word, pride. One problem is pride. Not that we don't believe God. I believe there are many people in this room in our church who believe God answers prayer, who believes all their, <coughs> all their heart that God can do the impossible. And we're asking God to do the impossible. And there, there are, most of us are trying constantly to say, Lord, if there's any bitterness in my heart against anybody, God, forgive me. I want to forgive anybody who's hurt me. And there's people who, <clears throat> when, when, when God deals with them about sin, they're quick to do it. But they don't deal with their own pride. They'll never, ever enter into that throne of mercy because God closes and slams the door on all who are proud. He won't let us get near him. Then there's the will of God. Go to 1 John, <clears throat> just to the right. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14. <clears throat> 1 John 5, 14 says, and this is a confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, and he heareth us. So isn't that what Jesus prayed? 
He didn't say, Father, stop them. He could have, couldn't he? But didn't pray that. What did he pray? If it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. So you need to pray in the will of God. You're going to have to start adding, thy will be done. If it be your will, <clears throat> Lord, would you heal so-and-so? God, would you please? I know you can, but I trust that you will do what is right. And if it be your will, I pray for a miracle. That's how you say, well, I, I don't get what I want. No, you never get what you want. You get what he wants, which is far better. Pray in the will of God. And then look, Jack, go to chapter 3 in 1 John. Check your own life. <clears throat> There's this covenant agreement between me and God. All right? I'm his child. He's my father. And he has this desire to answer my prayer. He has this desire to meet my needs. He has this, it's his character to want to show goodness and show kindness towards me and mercy. But he asks me to do things so that when I ask him to do something, he can say, you know what? You've been doing what I've been asking you. I will do what you ask me to do now. Did you catch what I just said? He has this thing where he says, if you don't want to do what I ask, then don't expect me to want to do what you ask. Watch. 1 John 3.22. <clears throat> and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And we do those things which are pleasing in his sight. So next time you're having a problem with getting an answer to prayer, watching God do something impossible, ask yourself, is there areas in your life where God has spoken to you and you've rejected and said, no, God? Because you know what? God then turns around and says, if you say no, then guess what? I'm going to say no too. So look in your own life and say, are you obedient to his will and to his word? And lastly, the best part, first, uh, go to Gospel of John, chapter 15. John chapter 15 and verse 7. And a closeness to Christ guarantees answers to prayer. John chapter 15, <clears throat> verse 7. <clears throat> if ye abide in me. I like that word abide. If you just stay, walk with me, enjoy me. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Do you love spending time with him? Do you love just taking time when other people have <clears throat> so many other things that they're doing and you know you should be busy doing all those other things, but instead you said the most important thing I need to do right now is abide with Christ. Jesus said, if you'll spend time with him, whatever you want, I'll give you. Isn't that worth exploring? <clears throat> Prayer is the Christian's reaction to all of life. This is normal reaction. It's the most important thing to actually accomplish any day. So let's stir ourselves to pray. We um, had Nita's birthday, and uh, little uh, Connor and Colin and Chloe, um, Ruth pulled out the cake and 
started lighting the candles and you should have seen <laughs> the excitement. Carla was so, wasn't it exciting watching grandma and that cake and he was motivated. And she, she let all the kids blow out the candles there. And so obviously Colin was excited, got to blow out the candles. Can we not get motivated like that? Like a little child, just I get to spend time with the one who can answer my prayers. Stir ourselves. Let's make contact with another world and get what we need. <clears throat> Let's make prayer a way of life instead of something we just do on occasion. And let's let it change us. Because when we, when we have a humble, desperate time with God in prayer, you'll watch God move mountains. You can't move a mountain. You know, all these movies today, the Marvel comics and everything, I mean, you have these things and they've got powers and all that stuff. That's all fake, folks. But I do know a God who can move a mountain and can move heaven and earth to, to, to do something impossible. Let's watch it disable Satan and tie his hands. I'm sick and tired of the devil having his way in Christian homes. It'd be really nice if Christian homes were having the victory instead of the discouragement that we're having. Let's start to access all that you and I need every day. <clears throat> That's what prayer is. The Bible says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth, accesses so much. Father, we pray to you right now. Those apostles <clears throat> were watching their schedule get busier and busier with all the things to do in that first century. The church had grown to 10,000. <clears> there was just no way to get it all done. So they chose the right thing. They got help. But they prioritized and they said, we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. They had it right. They put prayer first. We need to do the same. We may not have 10,000 people to minister to, but we're busy and we need the right balance. Lord, would you help us to put that priority of prayer and help us to see the power that comes from that like we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand with me.